welcome to part two of the fetid rat. Uh, so, currently working on part three, of course, and trying to expand upon things and adding more to the story other than just, you know, the audio drama. So eventually we'll have some more stuff for you to check out, and I'll explain some more of that later, so hope you enjoy the episode. Uncle, you've returned. Lord of Sado smiles at the fitted rat. I told you how to address me, Kanata. You must address me as your soldier, not your uncle when we are in council. As the fed rat stares onward to his lord, the others among the council seem to stare disapprovingly towards the familiar bickering. Very well, fetid rat. Thank you for your service to Sado. As we all know, Sado refuses to submit to the likes of the dragon. Due to this, we are at war with our soon-to-be emperor. We will do everything in our power to prevent losing our land. The fetid rat here has graciously offered to fight for us and lead our armies. I'd ask that the council make sure we prepare for the worst. You are dismissed. The council takes the orders, mulling them over for a moment before leaving the room. As the council disperses, Kanada smiles at his uncle. He makes sure that everyone leaves the room before standing up and rushing over. Kanada envelops his uncle in his arms, hugging him for an extended period of time. I missed you too, Kanada. But if you're going to rule properly, you must think of me as nothing more than a soldier. On the other hand, I'm thankful that you're doing well. You obviously have been eating well. Yasu's been taking care of you. The fetid rat examines his nephews, checking uh, his body fat and such. Kanata loosens his embrace, still beaming at his uncle. Ah, would you like tea, uncle? The boy practically flies into the tea room nearby to drink with his uncle. Slowly, the fetid rat joins him, and after having taken off most of his armor, he ties his normally matted up hair into a knot, looking barely presentable with his tattered robes. He sits on a tatami mat before lighting his cassette, which boasted a trinket that was carved by his nephew when he was younger. Kanada begins pouring the tea in two ceramic cups, sliding the liquid over to his uncle. The boy then lights a few incense sticks to avoid smelling what he deemed to be disgusting smoke from the Kisaru. Seems Yasuo has also been helping you with your tea making. Shall we discuss business further, and remember to address me properly? As much of a stern tone that he addressed his nephew in, he cared more for the boy than any code of ethics. Seeing Kanada and his hold over Sato prosper was all that mattered in his eyes. Of course, fetid rat. Good, my lord. The fetid rat takes a drink of the matcha tea his nephew had made. The dragon's armies are far too many for me alone. Though we hold a significant advantage due to our control of the harbor, I'd like for Kana to be promoted to the rank of samurai. Your concubine? Kanada asks, rather confused, as he begins to write some kanji in a small bowl of sand on the table. The boy never had to serve in combat, but served often as a commander for an auxiliary support line. The fetid rat was still teaching the boy the makings of a good strategist so that he could win battles without ever exposing himself to the hardships of war. Yes, I've made sure that she's proven herself with the katana as a true samurai. It is sad for me to say this, but since I've lost my arm, my skills can only go so far. I rely too heavily on my men and should I be attacked, my dirty tricks will only allow so much in this day and age. 
Surely it doesn't help that the dragon has been made aware of my skills and has seen most of the tricks. Any request you give shall be granted. You know this, Fetid Rat. Bringing another soldier on would also be advisable. Rumors are, a man to the north of here trained alongside a samurai you'll be familiar with. The boar. While the boy had expected praise from his uncle, he only received a groan. The boar and the fetid rat had, of course, never gotten along, so the proposal of taking on an associate was annoying, to say the least. His weapon? He wields a cannibal, just like the boar, swinging it with incredible power. His body, while weaker than the boar, is much more agile and skilled. Both of them former sumo wrestlers. I couldn't hope for a better warrior. Kanada spoke so highly of his information that his uncle couldn't ignore it. As much as he hated the boar, his skills were unmatched with Kanabo, with only the dragon being a close second. Very well. I'll go visit the man on the mountain as you wish, my lord. There are also a few questions that I must ask you about the crime syndicates of the city. Feeling satisfied with the smoke, he extinguishes the kiseru making a second cup of matcha tea and drinking it slowly. There are a few who've arisen since you were out assisting the dragon, once gold was discovered. None of them have acted outright as a detriment to the island, but their quiet thefts and murders haven't gone unnoticed. The Tetsunoha, Genshida, and the Sekitan are the most notable of all of them. Punishing them can wait. I'd rather have the island protected from the dragon. Fedorat smiles, pleased to see his nephew acting like a true lord of Sato. As you wish, my lord. Then you are dismissed, Fedorat. When Kanada finished, the two embraced one another again. Please be safe, uncle. Releasing Kanada from the embrace, the Fedorat stands up, placing his remaining hand on his sword. I am the Fedorat of Sado. There is no warrior on the island greater than I. He exits the room ready to head up the mountain to meet the man his nephew had recommended. Later, he would have to deliver the message of Kana of her promotion as a samurai. Due to his lack of an arm, he is incapable of riding a horse on his own, meaning he was walking to the man's home. The Federat walked about the road he took in the sights of his home. The trees swayed and the leaves had begun to turn from green to orange, creating a beautiful show of the seasonal transitions. He takes a deep breath taking the moment to not be a samurai, but a man without a purpose. Should he have had another chance at life, he would want to be free from any burdens as a hermit. To live off the fields and from the kindness of strangers was all he desired. He'd happily abandon this reality, free from the familiar betrayal which caused his life to spiral out of control. As leaves fell, he began to think of the scales of a dragon. He wondered at the dragon's plans for the island and who he would send for his head. There was even the possibility that there would be no assault. A single soldier could arrive and assassinate those he deemed as threats. He smiles, thinking of what might be his final moments and the various ways he might be killed. The idea that the unkillable rat might be killed amused him. As he continues to ascend the mountains, he hears the hammering of heated metal. In a mountain surrounded with presumable acres of bamboo surrounding both the house and the forge, Two men are hard at work on an undistinguishable metal blade for some sort of tool. When he'd reached the plateau, they turned to him, recognizing the fetid rat at a mere glance. While they had turned away for a moment, they sensibly continued their work as to not let the blade cool. Their devotion to their work was admirable, 
As such, the feathered rat takes a seat on his stool nearby. Eventually, the work was done and the two men turned around, wiping sweat from their brow. Rat, it is an honor to meet you. I am Sadao Hato, and this is my eldest boy, June. As you can see, we're blacksmiths. If you'd like, we could help you forge a new weapon. I know you've held onto your personal blade for a long time. The Hato family was a happy family, forcing the fetid rat to hide his jealousy. He wondered if there was ever a time in which his family was happy before it was just he and Kanada. No, though I've been looking for a properly weighted scabbard. I designed this one myself, but it isn't optimal in form. Practicing Aido is quite difficult with one arm, you see. This makes it somewhat easier. The blade is exchanged between two parties, with Sadao examining both the weapon and the scabbard. Sadao then draws the blade, taking note of the nicks, as well as the rust due to unclean blood over several battles. I can make you something a little more balanced, though kindly I'd still suggest you replace the blade. The fetid rat then takes the blade back, setting it on his hip. That aside, I'm looking for a former sumo wrestler and unranked warrior. Should be around here from what I'm told. I've heard he's quite good with a kanabo. Changing the subject, the Hato family looks surprised. You must mean my boy, Ryuta. He's out getting ore for the shop, though we sent him out a while ago, so he should arrive back soon. While the news bothered the fed rat, he sighs, getting prepared to wait for the soldier his nephew had recommended to him. In the meantime, we discussed with the blacksmiths how they'd handled themselves into the battle to come. The Federer rocks over to the forge, letting a spark catch on his tobacco. Sadao Hato was unsure how to react with the general taking his seat once again and smoking. They turned back to work, expecting silence, but the general began to readily question them. My concubine Kana says you make great weapons here. The men continue working, but Sadao is ready to answer proudly for a shot. Your concubine needs weapons. That must be an omen. Rook is interrupted briefly as the three men laugh genuinely for an extended duration of time. Soon work resumes and the laughter dies down. It would be had I not personally taught her for such purposes. You crafted her blade, and I've yet to see a chip within your craftsmanship. Soon, though... It will be tested in battle, but I have faith after seeing you. He smiles, taking another deep toke of his kiseru. There is a silence that follows the praise of the Federat, which allowed him to observe his surroundings. The smell of wood and cold burning escaped the forge, making a rather complex odor. He finds it rather pleasant, as it was one often accompanied the cooking of his hometown, or instead of the poor method in which they cooked food. The sound of the men hammering the metal was akin to that of clashing swords. His mind then thought of the day he killed his sister. He wondered if Kanada held some hidden resentment for killing his parents. He didn't dwell on it too long. There were the noises of moving wheels approaching the blacksmith, but no horse or ox pulling it. Instead, a rather large and muscular man is pulling it himself, seemingly without any real resistance. Or is piled flatly upon the wagon's bed. Ryuta was a very happy man for someone pulling a hefty amount of ore. Easily brings the ore to the rest of the family, wiping the sweat from his brow before adjusting his top knot. The man turns to the fetid rat with a smile that implied he could very well crush his head with ease. He then scoffs at the sight of the fetid rat, 
glancing at what remained of his arm. Ryuta, show some respect to the general. Fetid rat, this is my second son, Ryuta, the one you were asking about. Examining the warrior, it was easy to tell he had seen his fair share of fights. He had a much softer face than the boar, along with a much smaller body. All that just to say he looked capable, at least, of what he was claimed to be. As you wish. The towering man puts his hand out as a gesture of goodwill. Ryuta Hato, what may I do for you? Despite the happy-go-lucky look on his face, it was clear he intended to kill the fetid rat should he become a threat. Finding the initiative and attitude of the warrior well-intended, he smiles having made his decisions. I'd like for you to join me as an equal, a general of Sado. Both Sadao and Jun stop their work, looking surprised at the given opportunity presented to the youngest, expecting the same surprise from Ryuta. However, that was a foolhardy idea. Instead, the man grimaces seemingly at the idea of Sam. He steps closer to the fetid rat in hopes of instilling his own unique brand of fear within the general. Ryuta leans over him, picking up what the fetid rat thought to be a walking stick, to be Ryuta's kanabu. It hadn't seen use in quite some time as the iron bolts were rusted, partly from rain and partly by humidity. <laughs> Would you like to spar, rat? Should you win, I'd be happy to join you. Though, should you die, well, you understand. He turns, expecting to see the fetid rat walking down the mountain defeated. However, he soon realizes that there was a second set of marching footsteps behind him. Turning, he sees the fetid rat, grinning a mischievous grin and resting his hand on his uginata, as if he was to draw it to kill. Shocked, Ryuta takes a stand at the end of the Hato family's lot. Hefting the knabo over his shoulder, he takes the top part of his robes off, letting them drape down to his hips. The former sumo wrestler felt as though his muscular physique might put off the middle-aged samurai, as he still practices and trained to keep up his looks. Turning around, his smile only shines brighter when he believes the fetterat to be gone before realizing the man was sitting on the floor. I apologize for my unorthodox position, but this is how I prefer to start combat. It takes a moment for Ryu to realize the situation he was in. While he never truly became a samurai, he came to understand a few of the jutsu associated with his life. Ayajutsu was a technique that he had heard from his senpai, Nomin Numari, otherwise known as the Boar. That the art had killed dozens of men with the first strike. He wasn't sure of how he'd handle the situation, felt rather stupid for exposing his torso, after learning the preferred technique of the general. He was becoming uneasy in his position. Perhaps it was best if he ended with one downward swing, but then the blade would cut him horizontally. If we were to act with a horizontal swing, he'd be met by a thrusting stab or an overhead slash. Sh shall we begin? Yuta asked, still thinking about how to approach his attack on the general. He had no idea how to approach every scheme he drew up in his mind resulted in his death and his blood staining his family's estate. The man begins to sweat profusely, even turning to sumo techniques for a solution. Death loomed behind the fetid rat, as a tall, imposing figure who was inevitably looking upon him. Should he continue down this path, he was going to meet his end. Or could he lose to a man missing both an eye and an arm? I succeed. The victory is yours, right? The battle had been lost in a matter of seconds, as Ryuta was unable to escape his mental vice. On the other hand, the fetid rat can't help but smile as he felt he'd kill his new ally had he not caught off the fight. Ah, good. 
I look forward to working with you starting tomorrow. Thank you for your hospitality, Sadeo Hato. Make sure your boy is prepared with a new weapon. His kanabo is far too rusted for my liking. Still shocked by his utter defeat at the hands of the fetid rat, the boy storms off. Vedderud practically skips down the steep slope, having accomplished the task with such ease. He desired to rest with a drink and to rest among his concubines, as mine thought of them, and that his work wasn't over, as he'd have to deliver the news of Kana's promotion. He groans as he sets foot back to town. This was the city that his nephew was to improve for the duration of his life, as the greatest of the Mukimi clan. Finding a wife was also imperative for the clan to continue. A bunch of little rats running around, singing the praises of their great-uncle. Kanata's children would also need samurai to protect them and his concubines. Yasu was to give birth to his first son soon. He smiled at the thought of a little boy, or perhaps even a girl, take up the mantle as Kanata's protector. The boy had done some good work regardless of what the fetid rat might say to him. Under the orders and the compensation of Kanada, a few construction workers had begun paving the roads with large stones to assist with the shifting weight of wagon wheels. He'd also done his best with organizing trade with the Noto and Ishigo provinces. The man was becoming a true lord in his work ethic. The fetid rat, however, shaking himself out of his thoughts, realized that there was a man falling behind him. He followed ever which way the fetid rat crawled with no intent of hiding his agenda became abundantly clear that the man was an assassin sent by the dragon. Rather than cutting him down in the streets, Vedderud makes his way towards the outskirts of the city, even going so far as to make his way into an alleyway to take down the assassin. He was quite annoyed that he'd have to go so far out of his way when he just desired to return home. You've come to kill me, haven't you? He turns around to see a man with both hands clutching his weapon, the fetid rat walks forward, getting ready to draw his blade from his scabbard. The assassin calls out in a battle cry, but almost immediately drops his weapon. The Yuginata had slashed into his stomach, causing his guts to spill out. The fetid rat's strike was so swift and clean that the assassin barely had enough time to register the attack. He clutches his stomach, breathing heavily, trying to remember why he'd left his family and accepted the call of battle from the Emperor's assistants. He became fully aware that the fetid rat had already left. It wasn't long before Sato's rats began to consume the corpse their ally had left for them. So, thank you so much for listening to part two of the fetid rat. Uh, so, expanding upon what we're actually working on for more stuff, you'll have to check it out on our website at ironwood.work uh i hope you guys give it a look over and uh we'll be revealing some more stuff later even through our instagram or twitter possibly but hope to see you for part three ironwood out